Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. On the first day of Christmas, my sister gave to me <coughs> pox. <laughs> doesn't rhyme at all that's a really how, depressing song how are, how are, it's a very short song it really doesn't go on beyond that yeah, yeah. that was nicely timed you could have uh, said the plague the plague i know but it, i had i decided it'd be one syllable was funnier yeah yeah so i went with that how are you feeling you know i was sick and then i got better yeah and then i got sick again See, that was your mistake you shouldn't it's have done that. It's not my fault. It's like the person that gives you a gift that you didn't want, and then they're like, but you pretend like, oh, this is fine, and they're mm. like, okay, I'm going to give you like 40 more. It's like that. Oh, well, speaking of gifts you don't want, I have a gift for you that you may not want. Okay. All right. Uh, it was a holiday party at my library today. I won a raffle, Ooh. Um, which is neat because I hadn't won in like two years. And then uh, I also wasn't present. Uh, someone collected it for me and gave me burr, 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 a honeyed fig scented candle. Ooh. Would you like a honey fig scented candle? Yeah. It tastes like fig mm. that's honeyed or smells rather. Don't taste it. But what do we do here on this here podcast here? We give me gifts? Yeah, we do. Yay. But besides that, that's not really <laughs> the, the purpose. We talk about children's picture books and... Um, whether they're good. High quality. And we vote. Yes. My brain's a little fuzzy, so I'm... You got half of it right. I I'm say like I'm going to give you a C plus on that. You know, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> C plus is good, Kate. My, C plus is good. As we, I said, my brain is fuzzy, so you know. putting words into sentences is going to be a challenge today. That's okay. We'll figure it out. We'll play it through. Uh, you're right, though. We do decide if they're good or if they're crap. Right. Yeah, so if they're quality high or quality low, and if they deserve to be remembered as so classics. Five, five and up, classic, 4.9999 and below. Yes. Not a classic. Now, in, uh, in honor of the season... I have not done a seasonal uh, book, but I will in the future, in future weeks, because we still have some time. We, you know, Hanukkah is like super late this year. Yeah, that's true. And then, and then Christmas isn't for y'all week and week, so <laughs> we've lots of time. So today's book uh, does have presents in it, so there is that. I'm okay. Gonna, I'm gonna pull it out now. Bye. Remy Charlip? I'm going to say Remy Charlip, but yeah, you go with your Remy Charlip. That's, uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's his American nickname. That's the American way that's of how saying you, it. That's how you say it. Mm-hmm. Proper. Go, go read that man. <laughs> While Kate does her read, let's get a little background information on Mr. Remy Charlip. Uh, Mr. Remy Charlip, he is known for very strange picture books that in the 60s sort of were inventive in new kinds of ways. He was not that well remembered. He was somewhat well remembered, but no, not hugely. 
Until around the time that Brian Selznick wrote his, and illustrated, his Caldecott award-winning book, The Invention of Hugo Cabret. Now, Selznick had been a fan of Charlieps for years, and he realized that the man was the spitting image of Georges Millet, the old-timey filmmaker. And so, he used Remy as his model for all his art about Georges Millet. And then later, when Selznick gave his Caldecott acceptance speech, Charlieps was present and received a standing ovation. And uh, I know this is a fact because I was there. Hey, Betsy. Hey, what? 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 Fortunately, I read a book. Oh, great. Right. Unfortunately, what? it sucks. What? So, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it does. No, so doesn't. So does. So, so doesn't. right away I found my tattoo. Okay, what's your tattoo? It's the sad sun that has the cloud over its face because this is how I feel. But he was so happy like a page before. Yeah, but it's See, crappy. He's happy. No, it's crappy drawing. I like this one. Oh, no. The cloud is in front of him. He's sad. And that's how I feel. I think this is affecting um, but your life, interpretation. Right now, it's just life is pointless. And... What are you? What are you Nietzsche? Okay. You Camus? Like, yeah, what is I'm it? trying to be French. Like, I the, see. Uh, yeah. like the guy. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's very French. Sure. So it starts off with this kid saying. Or he got a, a letter in the mail. That's true. Mm -hmm. With an RSVP mm -hmm. to a surprise party. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, he's, his speech bubble is of <laughs> presence and... Well, he's uh, telling you he was invited to a uh, surprise party. Th this isn't a surprise party. This is food and gifts. That's... Well, maybe that's what it's like in France. Except he, does, except he doesn't live in France, right? No, he lives in New York. He lives in New York City. Maybe he is a small French child who has moved to New York City. But I was like, okay, so this cake has 11 candles on it, so oh, okay. yeah. he must have... That's that's probably the age he is, right? Sure. He's mm -hmm. probably about 11. He's got a friend that's 11 yeah. for this party, sure whatever. makes sense, yep. Mm -hmm. So just yep. remember that. Okay. So, right, so unfortunately, the party is for Florida. He's in New York. Right. Seems a little odd that someone would send him a surprise party invitation if it was in Florida, but a little cruel. Even? Well, you're invited to a party well, on the a, other part well, of the country. It's like when you're invited to a wedding and it's in another state. You need yeah. time to plan. You know, okay, so... there you go. Yeah. And we don't know when this party we is. We don't. Or it could be in a year for all we know. We don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but right away, I'm not a fan of the art. The art is really? not my cup of tea. How so? Um, it's very flat. From, like, his movements, his limbs, everything is like a like a paper doll. It is like the two-dimensional space. It is like how you say the outsider art, which is very flat in many ways. Really? Uh, the depth really? comes with the interpretation of the text. Okay, so uh, fortunately, uh -huh, yeah. he has a friend who loans him an airplane. A very old airplane at so that. So this 11-year-old... Yeah. Went over to LaGuardia, mm -hmm. got in his friend's plane. His friend might have his own airstrip or her own airstrip. We don't know that. And he gets in a plane. Well, he's got a license, clearly. And I mean, he couldn't buy a plane without a license. That's just logic. So the, every page starts with fortunately, and then the next page is unfortunately. That's so correct, that's, yes. So it flips mm -hmm. back and forth. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this was... Fortunately, a friend loaned him an airplane. Mm. Unfortunately, he didn't know how to fly. Okay, that's a what, rainbow. That's what I was expecting. But, sure, right, yeah. But no, instead it was much worse. <laughs> Unfortunately, 
unfortunately, the motor exploded. It just, it's the most violent end to this plane it could possibly have. I mean, short of being shot down by the Red Baron. I mean, there's there's smoke everywhere and bits and pieces are flying but, everywhere. But he his, has a he has a jaunty scarf. I was gonna say, but his pants go untouched. They are perfectly fine. Are no. you saying that something bad would be happening to the pants out of his fear of the ex- airplane exploding? There would be some dirt, at least. Well, we don't know the location of the explosion. So, uh, at this point, I'm oh, like... Oh, no, it does say. It says the motor exploded. Yeah. Okay, well, then, never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, at this point, I'm like, okay, this kid's like that Alexander and the Terrible Horrible. Yeah. Because I mean, he keeps having bad things happen to him, But then right? he has good things that happen. He had, he had a parachute. Wait, he has a parachute in the airplane. Yeah. Unfortunately, it had a hole in it. Oh, burn. So now he's falling 30, uh, probably 30,000 feet. At least, yeah. From the air mm-hmm. onto the ground. Yeah. He is going to die. Oh, this yeah. This is going to be His a very death short is book. imminent. And that is a true French book. <laughs> and then be- he died. Because that is life. Because it is life. Fortunately, there was a haystack. One single haystack. There's just one. That he thinks is going to save his life. Well, don't let, give him that. I mean, if that's what he has going but for him. But <laughs> unfortunately, the farmer who put the haystack together climbed to the very top of the haystack, put his pitchfork with the prongs. Prongs? The right? prongs. Yeah. yeah. Facing up. Yeah. And then climbed down the haystack and walked away. That's almost a trident. This doesn't make any sense, Betsy. What? The, 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 you always see haystacks with pitchforks randomly sticking out of the top of them. No. That's a trope. No. Trope. Maybe the handle. T-R-O-P-E. But not the prongs. Sure, you see the prongs sticking uh-uh. up. Well, maybe no, there was... No. There may be extenuating circumstances we're not quite aware of. I just like where it is aiming. Uh, he's about to be impaled. Why is there a haystack next to where there's now water? So because, that is a great mystery because of man. Because he... he if, you know, there was this pitchfork, right? Yeah. But fortunately, he missed it. But yes. unfortunately, he fell... I, into some water. Yes, he, which is directly next to the haystack. Directly next now, to it. Now, yeah, I don't know much about farming, but I'm pretty sure that hay is not planted next to large bodies of And if he's falling 30,000 feet out of the air yeah. and he lands in water, he's going to die. Yeah, well, that, see, that was fortunately he didn't die because of the angle of the fall. Um, right, so... Thing. So apparently he's in the, See, the ocean. The, the haystack cut is his wind it? resistance, and that's why. Yeah, he's in the ocean. Clearly, it's salt water. Sure, yes. Because, because the next scene now there's sharks. Yeah, and they are terrifying. And it says, fortunately, he could swim, but yeah. kid, I don't think you can outswim seventeen sharks. Maybe they I just counted had them. A, you there's, counted the sharks. There are seventeen. Okay, well maybe they just had a big meal and they're feeling a little logy. Maybe a whole pack of boys fell in the water two hours ago, and they're uh, still a little full. Where is he that he went from mm-hmm. New York mm-hmm. to water? Right. And now, apparently, he's climbed, he's gotten out of the water, and he's immediately gotten onto an island of tigers. He has gotten onto an island of tigers. That I can't deny that. Not only is there an island of tigers... There's an island. But there's a cave. On the island, he, yes. He runs away from the tigers into a cave. Right. Where Correct. he pulls out of nowhere um, a tool to help him dig through said cave. That that was um, that that was in his hair. It was in his hair. Yeah, Betsy. Mm-hmm. His hair. Yeah, that was he has a he has a pick. 
Mm. It, was a, it was a pick mm-hmm. in his hair. Because that's where picks go, mm. hair picks. You've never heard of a hair pick? Mm-hmm. I think you've heard of a hair pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yep. he digs... Very fast. Apparently, a windy, windy way <laughs> from this island to a fancy ballroom. Yeah, that was the unfortunate part. Yeah, apparently he's made two people faint by his presence. Oh, maybe someone fell down that hole. <laughs> we don't see them. No, he... But yeah, you know, maybe it's just his head coming up. Yeah, so he's made two people faint. Yes. But my favorite is this woman with incredibly long arms going, I've got long arms! (laughs) That's it. I've never noticed that woman. I've read this book literally like a hundred times. She's my favorite. She's like, I don't know where to put them. (laughs) I don't know what to do with my arms now. I'll just put them up in the air. (laughs) Don't shoot. (laughs) She's my favorite. Wow. So then, this is where it gets really wonky. Mm. It says, fortunately, yep. there was a surprise party going on. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, the party was for him. Because mm-hmm. fortunately, it was his birthday. That's a twist. So Did not see that one coming. Wait, who invited him to his own surprise party? Well, that's what you do, right? You invite someone to a surprise party, and then surprise, it's your surprise party. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a surprise, right? So How do you, I don't I don't throw them. They but that's just invited what I him to his own surprise party As a surprise. in Florida. Yeah, that day. Well, clearly the person who lent him the airplane was in on it. He was supposed to just fly directly to the surprise party, but then things went awry because right. his friend lent him a quite frankly a crap airplane. Also, wouldn't he be covered in dirt? Wouldn't he be wet? Wouldn't he be smelly? No. His pants are perfectly clean. His pants are shockingly clean. Yeah. Have you noticed that the food on the table matches the food that he Uh, imagined? Yes. Now here's Mm -hmm. here's something that I mentioned before. Remember when I said there were 11 candles? Sure did, yeah. He's an 11-year-old boy? Yeah, yeah. This candle has 14. (gasps) There's 14 candles on the cake. It took him three years to get to the party? (laughs) Really? That makes a lot of sense no, when you think about it. No. When you think of, have you thought? The, that's oh wait, it. it doesn't make sense at all. I don't understand this book. So maybe he thought the party was for an eleven-year-old, but he himself is turning fourteen. And who are his parents? Like a czar? Like <laughs> he's got like medals, and and his wife has. Um, she's got to do something. How do you about know those are his parents? Because they're looking at each other knowingly, like. We did our son proud. Wow. Don't they, they, might have, they might have given him a lift. That's all I'm saying. Right? He did kind of have to escape tiger sharks and, and falling these, from the, and the sky. And these two people are awkwardly kissing each other while staring at each other. Oh, that's really weird. Yeah. You should not have your eyeballs so close to one another when you kiss. Yeah. They're, you're doing it wrong. They're just, that's what you're they're doing. just looking at each other while kissing. It's, Maybe um, it's the first kiss either of them has ever experienced and they're still trying to figure it out. <laughs> That's unfortunate. What a weird time to do it. Like, right. hooray, it's his birthday. The smelly wet boy's birthday. It's me now. <laughs> Awkwardly. Look at me. Well, maybe they know the course of how this guy's life works, and they're like, something terrible's about to happen. Quickly kiss me before we die, because we don't know what happens on the next page, except there's a black cloud. Right, that's it. That, that bodes ill. Can I tell you my experience of reading this aloud to children? Sure. It starts out fine. In fact, it starts out great. Because once the kids get that, the hint of how it's going, the illogic sort of fades into the background. Yeah, no, you're totally right. So much of this does not make sense. And I've read it so many times that I've just been like, yep, that doesn't make sense at all. It goes really well, and I can tell you the exact moment where it stops going well. The last moment where it's perfectly fine is the sharks. And after that, 
for me anyway, reading it. When he can outswim 17 sharks? Right. When he can outswim 17 sharks. Uh-huh. And then he just ends up on an island, and there's tigers, and then he runs, and then, yeah, the whole digging sequence, and then the digging yourself into a ballroom. I honestly feel like Rémy Charlieb did not know how to end this book, and he just sort of threw in this ending. It does not stick the landing. I would agree. However, until the shark swimming, kids are in freaking thrall. They think this is the funniest, especially when they think the kid's about to have his butt impaled on a pitchfork. They love that. And they are they are hungry for blood. You know, you can't hungry change directions within like a millisecond when you're falling that fast, right? Um, Like I say, wind resistance. Moving on. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's possible. It, it is strange that in one picture, he is about to hit the pitch, the, the haystack, and then somehow his, like, um, there must be a gust. Right. He's just yeah. blown mm. clear. Yeah. Clear of it there. So far, because he was next to it before, and now he's in the water, like, a good five feet away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the miracle of science, Kate. Oh, is we, that what that it's is? It's just you and I, mm. common lay people. We wouldn't understand. Without, our, without any science degrees. We yeah. just don't understand. Yeah. Well, a little background information then. Um, so many books have imitated this one. So when it came out, surely, this is in the 60s, right? This book comes out in 1964. Uh, Shirley, and this, this is the moment when children's picture books started, like, experimenting and doing weird stuff and breaking down the fourth wall and just, you know, this book was, was kind of original. Let me tell you, his other books are so much more weird than this book. He had a book called Arm in Arm. It, it, it was reprinted this year. Whack-a-doodle. Whack-a-doodle yeah. little book. Just the weirdest darn thing you've ever seen. Um, and then since this one came out, so many books have done the same thing. There was a book called Fortunately Unfortunately by Michael Foreman. There was a book called Boing by Sean Taylor. There was a book called That's Good, That's Bad in Washington, D.C. by Marjorie Kohler. Um... But this was clearly the one that came first. I got some information, and this may not be reliable, from a commenter on Amazon, Ooh. as we know, yes. to find a source of, of factual information, who said that in 1969, the title was changed to What Good Luck, What Bad Luck. Hmm. Which is a strange thing to say, because clearly... That is not the name of it now, but apparently for a short time you can find paperback editions of this book called What Good Luck, What Bad Luck. Because because children don't know, fortunately, you know, adverbs. So strange. Right. They, can't, they can't deal with it. This was pre-Mad Libs, people. Uh, yeah. Ratings time. Yeah, I'm You good. seem to love it. No. The, I'm, I'm feeling waves of love. Uh-uh. No, I don't like emanating it. emanating from you. I Kate. gave it a four. I, I, I'm not going to remember, like, all this stuff. I'll remember, okay, good stuff and bad stuff happened. Mm. But I don't like the art. I don't like the scenarios. I don't like the fact that he kept his pants clean the entire time. I love the fact he kept his pants clean the whole time. That because I'm surprised you didn't mention this, but the kid uh, is packing some junk in his trunk, particularly when he's about to hit the, the pitchfork. And his pants are so white. But of course, his pants well, can no. change color well, continually. No. They're green yeah, in the no, next they, shot. They were yellow. And they're yellow at the end. Uh, and they're yellow certainly when he's digging away from the tigers. At the beginning, they're more of a tan. More of a tan color. So, 
You say he's managed to keep his clothes. I think he's got some spare pack of clothes hidden away somewhere that he well, keeps Where, Betsy? In his hair? I don't know. It could be in his shoe. I mean, are they tearaway pants that, like, maybe he, they're tearaway pants. He just pants. keeps on tearing away pan after pan after pan. Just... Well, how else to explain how crisp and clean and, and well manicured his hair looks in that last scene? Even his fingernails are clean. Yeah, it's weird. It's very it strange. It makes no sense. I don't like it. Ah, let's do it. See, my advantage, uh, my unfair advantage here is that I've read it to kids many, many, many times. And it is a rare pleasure to read children a book from the 60s that still has some power with them. But, as I mentioned, it falls apart. It falls apart from the sharks. And it can't maintain that level of crazy bloodlust that was really keeping it going. I mean, you think the kid's going to die. Several times, and there's he a great have. there's a great deal of pleasure in thinking he's about to meet his maker. Um, whereas, like digging yourself into a fancy ballroom is usually not going to kill you. Depends on whose ballroom it is, I suppose. Yeah. But so it's just it doesn't have that. It doesn't maintain the level of uh, of, of panic, um, and certainly not. You know, the the laughs peter out by this point. The kids laugh at the beginning. They do not laugh near anywhere near the end. So, uh, in that light, though I love it very much, uh, I have to kind of give it, uh, like a, uh, a 6.5. Ugh. I still love it. I mean, for read-aloud potential, so good. Can I so, change so good. my answer so it's nope. not Too late. classic? Stamp. I put my stamp on it. Ugh. Oh, you can't take the stamp off. It's not, it shouldn't be a classic, though. <sighs> it really shouldn't. You want to be like a middle-of-the-road classic? Should I take it down to a six, and then it could be a middle-of-the-road classic? Yeah. Okay, for you, because you're sick today and Thank probably you. kind of grumpy. Yeah. Okay, it's a middle-of-the-road classic. Huzzah! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> That's the spirit. Letters time. This will make me feel better. Many people commented on uh, a kiss for a little bear. Oh. Many, many people. First off... Emmy commented on, remember that publication page where we found, uh... Manor Rice. Banner Rice. Well, was that what it is? Oh, Manor Rice. Manor Rice. It was Manor Rice. It also, uh, was not HarperCollins at one point. It was, like, I can't remember what it was. It was wrong. It was, there, were two, there were at least two typos on that page. Well, she writes in, there appears to be a third typo on the publication page. It reads, Manufacture in China. <laughs> rather than manufactured in China. Curse you, Follett-bound Platinum Edition. <laughs> As always, great job with the show, Betsy and Kate. Oh, That's very bright. Uh, Erica wrote in. She said, oh, this is Erica Pearl, actually, who was a children's author in her own right. And she says, In our house, we often say, Hi, cat, based on this book, to get someone's attention when you need them to do something for you. Oh. Yeah, I do recall that moment. All right, remember that weird rat-like thing that was holding the train. You said it would be yes. a tattoo. So I, on the old Instagram, had said, was this a caricature of someone he knew and he put it in there instead? Well, Sarah wrote in. She said, I'm sure it's a rat. But it looks like one of those medieval manuscript drawings of animals based on descriptions rather than appearance, which is odd, considering <laughs> that Sendak lived in New York. Right. She has a good point there. She has a good point there. Uh, Cynthia Von Bueller, another children's author, wrote in. Remember that scene where the chicken is kitching, kissing the frog, but it doesn't look like a kiss? It no, looks it's like pecking it. It's looking like pecking it. Yeah, because you know chickens don't have lips. Right. 
And she writes in, she, she owns chickens, and she says, oh my goodness, my chickens eat frogs. Ew. I was horrified to see this. My chickens bit his legs off, so I had to put him out of his misery. Oh my gosh. It was troubling for me. So she saw that image, and she like had flashbacks Aww. to having to put yeah. a poor frog out of its misery after her homicidal chickens ate his legs? Well, you know, frog legs. They're, uh, I know, they're, they're supposed to be a delicacy. Yeah. I've never had them. Have you had them? I have not. I, I would love to try them. Yeah, if okay. you, gentle listener, would like to send me some crispy fried frog legs, uh, something that my entire generation has been turned off of thanks to the Muppet Christmas? movie. You, you yeah. Okay. Frog I do. legs for Christmas. Fried frog legs. Fried frog legs I want Christmas. crispy, hot, fried frog legs. Wow. Yeah. That's It's gross. a tall order. Yep. It's a tall order, folks. But if you can get them to me... I will be mildly impressed. And you have to eat them. I will eat them. Okay. I will eat them all. Okay. They sound delicious, Kate. Okay. All right. Grown-up things we like. Well, I'm not letting this cold get me down. Oh. I bought tickets back in July to go see A Christmas Carol at the Goodman this month. Very nice. And so I was like, I'm determined. I'm going to go. I'm going to... I'm going to... Take all the Ricola that I can and stuff it in my mouth and then enjoy the show. <laughs> you said stuff it in your mouth, but the hand motion you did was like going up your nose. Well, and I was like, that's one way of doing it, all, I guess. It was like, all stuff it up your it nose. Just, it was all over. That's how you actually are supposed to use Ricola. People have been doing it wrong for years. Yeah. Well, I got second row seats Whoa! for like 60 bucks. Okay. That's Are they doing it again or is this a one-time deal? Do you know? It's every year, I think they... All right, then I have to do this. Yeah, if you want to go see Because my kids have never seen it, so... Oh, my gosh, it's... No, well, and I mean, they've seen movies, It's very interesting, the way that it's the same Scrooge that they've used year after year, so it's like his 12th year. Okay. But my favorite was the Ghost of Christmas Present. Mm -hmm. Imagine Lizzo. Ooh! Oh, my gosh, so good. I want to see this show so much. It won't be that next time. I know it won't, but I I still wish I could see that. Yeah. That sounds great. That was the highlight of the show for me. It was pretty much Lizzo as the Ghost of Christmas Present. Wow. Yeah. I wish. Oh, man. So my my grown-up thing I like is a dead mom graphic novel. What? Yep. It's uh, called Dancing at the Pity Party, a dead mom graphic memoir. It's by Tyler Fetter, who is a girl, I should say. Uh, This is about... uh, so it's a, a, a graphic memoir. This is kind of the only adult book that I ever have time to read, which is ironic because I buy them for my library. But I don't really tend to have time to read anything written for adults, but I can always have time for a comic. So this graphic memoir uh, is coming out in April 2020, and it recounts the time when Tyler was a sophomore in college and her mom died of cancer. And it goes through not just like how awesome her mom was, which it does quite a lot, but, you know, she was Jewish, and so it goes through, well, it goes through the actual cancer itself, and then it goes through the mourning period, and then it goes through all the horrible things people say to you when they don't know what to say to you because your mom died. And it's just fantastic. Um, fun, funny, very moving, just a really good book for anyone who is experiencing loss, and all sorts of information about Jewish funerals that I had no idea of. Like, for example, did you know that at a Jewish funeral... You all have these black ribbons, and you're supposed to tear them um, because you have to rend some portion of clothing, and rather than just rip your clothes all the time, you can do that. I I did not know that. I took a class on Jewish funerals and the death and the sitting shiva, and it's a whole... Wow! So you know all this stuff. See, this was all new to me. So, yeah, it's a really good book. 
So look for this one in April of 2020. Cool. Yay. And that's it. So next week. Mm, I'm going to dive headfirst into the holiday fair. Nice. I've got three books lined up. and uh, Three? Yeah, I think we can get our way with three. Really? I did the math. I looked at the calendar. Because Hanukkah is so late this year, I think uh, we can get away with it because of that. Right. So, so we can fit be a Hanukkah in. book. I, I didn't say that. Ooh. Straight up. I, uh, I, uh, but maybe. In the meantime, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse8kate. That's fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our jaunty recluse is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird.